The African savanna is a place where many fall to powerful predators and environmental challenges. While the dangers are abundant, the continent has an undertaker ready to go to work. The marabou stork is a sinister-looking bird that wears a black cloak of wings. Where disaster strikes, it is soon to follow. But in nature, a bust can be a boon if you know how to make the most of life, death, and taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. It's your 30 minutes of interesting animal information. I'm Joe. And I'm Carlos. Thank you to Cassie for the creation of our theme song. To hear more of Cassie's music, please search Cassie Michelle on YouTube or Spotify. And thank you to Johanna for the creation of this week's artwork. To check that out, you can follow us on Facebook or Twitter at LD Taxonomy in both places. Or uh, visit us at our home on the web at LDTaxonomy.com. And a very special thank you to our patrons, to Tristan Taylor, Jesse Raspolich, Carol Raspolich, and Richard Kaspar. Thank you so much for your support. It's greatly appreciated. Thanks for helping us keep the lights on. And today we're talking about a dastardly death hunter, but more on that later. Dastardly is definitely the word I would use. Mm. Um, also, um, ugly. <laughs> <laughs> Some people say this is the ugliest animal. Um, I mean, like, or perhaps the there's that burger. There's that dog. Um, in the memes. With yeah. The teeth. Well, that's, <laughs> that's a particular the, dog. Yeah, it's a particular dog. Sphinx cats also are pretty bad. Oh, Johanna loves um, hairless cats. Really? Yeah, she uh, um, for some reason emus? she likes the idea of a rotisserie chicken running around. And she wants when uh, she pets something for it to sound like this. <laughs> <laughs> she just wants this cold, uh, <laughs> clammy, uh, just just uncooked chicken <laughs> skin i've actually never touched a um a sphinx or like a, a hairless cat before i don't pet cats because i'm allergic to them and that would probably be one i would have no problem with mm-hmm. um but um i just don't want that on my conscience in, i don't want that 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 feel in my memory bank the touch the feel of sphinx cat fabric of our lives yeah. <laughs> well we're talking about the marabou stork mm-hmm. okay yes we're talking about the marabou stork um i read it and then i started doing my research i typed in malibu stork <laughs> so then i my, that's why the first nickname is marabou beach party nice uh it's also no i'm also call, I'm gonna call it the swaddled waddle and bony stork or the Maribo sugar-free honey stork. <laughs> I forgot <laughs> that. <laughs> honey stork. That actually, yeah. It's gummy. We'll find out about stuff. Oh, yeah. Gummy. But honey is something to do yeah, with yeah. this. Uh, Maribo sugar-free gummy stork. <laughs> it, will, uh, it will clean you out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You let's taxonomize yes. this dastardly boy. 
Uh, it's in the kingdom you know, love, and are in. The kingdom is Animalia. Phylum is Chordata. Chordata. Because it has a spine. Uh, the class is Aves. It's a bird. I knew you knew that. Um, probably don't know this one, though. The order is Siconiformes. Uh, the family is Siconidae. And the genus is Leptotilos. There's a P before that last T, but I'm assuming it's like pterodactyl. So Leptotilos. That sounds like a spell in Lepto- not Harry Lepto- Potter, but like when uh, when Merlin is fighting that witch. Oh, like Prestidigitorium yeah. Leptotilos. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he turns himself into a stork. <laughs> And then he plays a kazoo and sings happy birthday for Dumbo. <laughs> um, the species is uh, Crumenifer. So, Leptotilos Crumenifer. Which sounds like just like a, like a rude thing. Like a, a, something a bully to a girl named Jennifer would write on her locker. <laughs> like you're crummy and you're Jennifer. So, Crumenifer. <laughs> That sounds like a Bob's Burgers bully. Yeah, or we just finished watching Paranorman. Um, mm, mm. We watch it every year, and that's kind of like an like an Alvin bully thing, because um, he's a dumb bully. Mm-hmm. But yes, yeah, so Leptotilus chromanifer, which brings us since we're in the business of naming things, it's time for my favorite part of the show: critter groups. The part of the show where I ask you, Joe, a question, and that question is the same every time. What is the name of a group of this animal, or what is the term of entry, or what is the collective noun? If you saw a group of storks in particular, I don't, we've never done a stork before. Hmm. We did a, an, uh, I think, a heron, mm-hmm. um, but we have never done a stork. So hmm. if you saw a group of storks, and by the way, the ornithologists have come through on this one, unlike the last bird we did. Um, there is a the collective noun for this one. So, a group of storks. Is it called A, a hanger of storks? B, a gash of storks? C, a muster of storks? Or D, a guild of storks? I would, if I was making one up, I would say a parcel of storks. Well, you're not the one making them up. I made you're up right. three of these. So, I'm going to go with hanger. Final answer. Eh. Incorrect. The answer is muster. It's a muster, muster of storks. Of storks, yes. Like you, you muster Stork the storks, rises. just like you muster the Rohirrim. <laughs> what a stork! Big stork. Would you like? So yes, a muster of storks. Would you like to hear what this thing looks like? I mean, I've seen a picture of it, so not really, but yes. Yeah. It's it's more pleasant to hear about it than to see it. Likely. And that's saying something because um, I'm going to get descriptive. Okay. So as with most carrion birds, this thing is ugly as sin. Um, though, I don't know if I've ever said this story, but Julia would say otherwise. Since she says, since all of God's creatures are beautiful... Mm-hmm. Um, which uh, is true in its own way. I'm sure a Maribo stork thinks the other Maribo storks are quite attractive. That's yeah, yeah. 
Um, I I don't know if I I must have told this story, but I'll reiterate it if he in case um, we haven't mentioned it. But um, when I went when Bibby and I went to the zoo with Julia and and Calvin, um, Bibby pointed out an emu and said like wow look how ugly that bird is and julia said no they're beautiful all god's creatures are beautiful (laughs) rebuked thoroughly (laughs) she stood up for her beliefs against an adult she admired that's that's quite something she she stood up for her emus yeah and that's what matters um it's a deep conviction yeah, what matters is the emus we made along the way. <laughs> um, so the uh, the marabou stork is a massive bird with black wings, a white chest, uh, and very long white legs. So it's got kind of the overall mm. heron slash egret. Egret. Um, yeah, live, live your life free from egrets. <laughs> <laughs> no egrets. <laughs> <laughs> if I was an ornithologist, but I like like finches or something like that, I would definitely have a bumper sticker that said "No egrets." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's probably what something that fish Twitter would do. No. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot that it's there. There, there's less contention within the ornithology community and more contention between the ichthyologists and the ornithologists. Yeah. Um. But the the head of the marabou stork is where the party's at, the marabou beach party. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has a long yellowish or pinkish neck with a head that looks like it's been in several ovens. Um, its neck and head are mostly featherless, so its bubbly, blotchy, black and red skin is out there for the world to see. Um, its beak is a long, sharp, cream-colored spear covered with patches, scratches, and hatches all over it. Uh, and there's also a meaty, bright red tumor nestled in the back of its neck. Just just cozy up in there. Um, <laughs> and it's, But its most prominent feature is a large, bulbous, pink wattle that hangs down in front of its neck like a long, saggy sadness balloon. <laughs> and, I, yeah. and that's it. I don't want to look at it anymore. It makes me uncomfortable. It's the Freddy Krueger of storks or birds <laughs> in general. <laughs> If a clown was making a balloon animal and they said, what do you want? And you said, I don't, I don't know. I don't really care. (laughs) The clown makes a bird, makes a bird out of the balloons and then sets the balloon on fire and then says, here's your marabou stork. I'm saying if you, if you, if you just said to him, give me something that'll make me sad. He'd make this like a bird goiter thing that they've got going on. (laughs) He just makes a bird and then rubs like just like dirt and dog poop on it and says like here's here's the stork enjoy it this crop um, of crud this is this is like this seems like the kind of stork that would deliver bags of snakes instead of like swaddle <laughs> babies. babies yeah yeah when its son asks him for a fish <laughs> he delivers <laughs> a snake. and he's a stork yeah <laughs> he eats fishes of course the sun right asking for a fish probably eat snakes too though yeah they um, they yeah they probably would eat a snake um but yeah so just just picture this um like the darth maul of of birds here um just evil it's like pure evil i'd say <laughs> fallen from grace 
Um, well, that's interesting. Well, it's also called the Undertaker Bird, so that makes sense. Uh, the Lord of Fire and Death. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I said, this is a massive bird. It's 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 very it's very tall. Has really wide wingspan. But how big is it, Joe? That's a great question. Welcome to the Beloved Measure Up segment, the official listener's favorite part of the show. The part of the show when we present the animal size and dimensions into relatable terms through a quiz that's fun for the whole family. It's also part of the show that's introduced by you when you send an audio of yourself saying, singing, or chittering the words measure up into ldtaxonomy at gmail.com. We don't have a new measure up in intro this week. Uh, the age is over. The, the age the of time of uh, the orc. The age of Melissa is over. The time of the orc has come. <laughs> the age of uh, of our biggest fan and Melissa sending in measure ups. <laughs> our loudest fan, I'd have to say. Our uh, loud and 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 our loudest fan that oscillates happens to oscillate. While I pull up something from our greatest hits, we got our very first sponsorship request. What? And, I, and I'm not going to tell you who it's from because I don't think we're going to actually do it. <laughs> because it is for like, um, I'm not going to say the name of the company, but it's like a like a snake oil brain medicine type thing. Is it goop? Uh, no. Did Gwyneth Wait. Paltrow email you? <laughs> yeah, have you heard of Nootropics or Nootropics? I'm not sure which. I have heard Nootropics. It's one of those. We've written about Nootropics in, um, for our addiction, addiction yeah. medicine well, like, blog. It's like, I don't think that like they, you know, all, most of these things can back up their their claims and stuff. We've also been invited to multiple social podcasting platforms. We've done that in the past. No, this, not 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 like not like this. <clears throat> not like this. Not like this. <laughs> Without further ado, the listener's favorite part of the show. Measure up. The, this, oh, it's... this she's this, this is um. Remember Alora. Yeah. Yeah, she uh this was a video she sent and it was um she t- she just took a video of a bird book she has and said said measure up over it. I like it. That's the jazzy one. I remember it. Jazz it up with Zatarans or with Alora. What? You don't know what Jazz it up with Zatarans? Uh those are those jewelry brands? No, it's rice, I'm pretty sure. Zat- I only eat Uncle Ben's. <laughs> uh, Uncle Ben's is good. But thank you uh, so much once again, Alora. Um, she sent a bunch, so maybe I'll go through that unless somebody would like to send us a new one. Um, and it was a good a picture, a nice little picture of a falcon that she sent in the video. That was good. It's good. Val- Falcons falcon. are cool. Yeah. Birds of prey. Um, pious little birds. Okay. Let's talk. Uh, uh, Yeah. 152 centimeters or 499 feet. What? (laughs) 
Four four point nine nine feet. <laughs> this bird. Its dimensions it's are bigger in America. It's, it's a kaiju. <laughs> it's an it's a transdimensional like Doctor Who esque kaiju. Well, it's small in the in, UK. In, in Europe, it's it's five feet tall, and in the U.S., it's destroying cities. <laughs> this is what happens when you don't use the metric system. How many storks go into the distance between Kampala, Uganda, and Queen Elizabeth National Park by road? Wow, there's probably... A thousand Queen Elizabeth National Parks. This is the one near Kampala, Uganda, <laughs> where <laughs> you <probably> might find <laughs> this bird. Um, here's a hint. Queen Elizabeth National National Park spans four Ugandan districts. It's home to Africa's greatest hits, like, like hyenas, chimpanzees, lions, hippos, waterbucks, and buffalo. I have the whole album, the whole greatest hits album. Yeah. Um, wow, I have no idea about any of this stuff. Can't even guess because I don't know where Kampala is and I don't know where this national park is. Uganda is not a massive country, so there's a limit. Uh, it is the capital of Uganda. I'm pretty sure. Well, back in the days where I had, I was, uh, I had a geography app that I would, um, quiz my that would quiz me on countries and their capitals i probably could have could have identified that but well uh, if you it, flew into uganda you would probably prob fly into kampala and then how um, far would you have to drive to get to the national park i'm gonna say 200 miles uh 211,000 storks worth of distance between Kampala How many? and 211,000. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Final answer? Yep. The correct, well, let me be the first to remind you <laughs> that, that since, I don't have. <laughs> that since nobody uh, sent in a measure up intro that is new, a new measure up intro, you did not get your 5% bonus towards your nursing school victory, which is. 80%. I, 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 so I, I lost my Baldekin's blessing from yes. Fia, the deathbed companion in Elden Ring. E even though it was a crappy that in Baldekin. That, that, a measure up intro is a better blessing than Baldekin's. Um, the correct answer is 264,529 storks. Oh, oh, Pretty close. Is, that... is it a nursing school victory? It is... Wait, what is the exact number? 264,529. It is a 79.7. <laughs> so you heard it here, folks. If you had sent in a measure up intro, Carlos would have had a victory on this one. Can we round up like 0.7? Come on, that's nah. that's not even like on the other I, side of five. That's nah, like well on find its out. way. You'd have to find out if in nursing school they would round up. Maybe they would. All right, I'll ask. I'll ask Bibby since she's been through nursing school. <laughs> Let's talk weight. Hopefully, this one will be a more clear cut victory. 
Uh, they're nine kilograms or 20 pounds, 20 pound bird. That's quite a big bird. Mm -hmm. How many storks? Not as big as big bird though. How many storks go into the largest elephant ever on record? Oh boy. Yeah. Here's a hint. The largest elephant on record was an adult male Savannah elephant. And it was found in Angola. This is dubious food, even though I found this on multiple websites. None of them linked to a source that that had the story or like where they, how they found it. Like uh, all I found was like relatively uh, reputable sites, like the San Diego Zoo, talking about it. It's all no an echo chamber. I'm going to say 900 storks. Final answer? Going to this this elephant. Yes. Final. The correct answer is 1200 storks. That is uh that there's no way that's a nursing school victory. The largest elephant ever no. recorded was 24,000 pounds. Yeah, but 18,000 pounds. That's 11,000 kilograms. That is twice as heavy as the average african bush, bush elephant I think. I think they said it was like a meter tall meter taller than other elephants around it that's like a it's el, el, ella hulk that is a huge elephant a huge animal to be sure i found another um uh, article about the this giant elephant that uh had tusks that went almost all the way to the floor like it had huge tusks um and it was also a huge elephant and guess what happened mammoth um he he died of old age living happily sipping on peanut butter iced tea no he was (laughs) poached for his ivory and he was poached i think with a poisoned arrow Oh, the worst way to go. What cowards couldn't even take him out? Mono ah elephant. Oh wow. Okay, I'll if we group group of poachers and they what they play rock paper scissors shoot to say which one of them is going to take the Bowie knife and take out the twenty yeah the twenty thousand pound elephant with the tusks that go all the way to the ground. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Want to poach an elephant? Take it out with a Bowie knife. Be a man. (laughs) <laughs> like i wouldn't even want to take a, a buckshot to that thing yeah it's like wow i would just i don't even think i'd make it through its skull it just turn around and trample me to death and it should i'm a poacher <laughs> <laughs> i deserve it <laughs> i hate what i've become <laughs> i'm rooting for the other guy <laughs> and the other um, guy's twenty four thousand pounds yeah uh yeah, so that's that. Two near victories. Maybe would you have won both of them if you had a measure up? Um yes, cuz I got 75% on that last one. That's a big tough. That's a tough loss. Yeah, it hurts. That's a I'm, just a yard short of the goal line. I don't think I'm going to get that much sleep tonight, no. <laughs> You're going to get some. Just not yeah. that much. Which is true most of the time people say I didn't get any sleep last night. 
yeah like i didn't sleep at all it's like you you slept some probably <laughs> uh, unless you were like actively doing something all night like right watching something or playing a game or working backflips um uh, studying so backflips. that's all i got for that um all right it also has a 12 foot wingspan which is, is yeah <laughs> um i imagine the elephant has a much bigger wingspan now the wingspan. the marabou stork has a 12 foot wingspan it's a big bird yeah um so marabou storks live in most of sub-saharan africa um with the exception of the more arid desert regions like the Kalahari, and it also doesn't live in South Africa, um, but the majority of Sub-Saharan Africa is home to the Malibu Marabou Mal, Marabou storks. <laughs> doesn't live in Malibu. Um, they live for about twenty-five years in the wild, which is, uh, I mean, for a bird, it's not super long, especially an African bird. Um, but they don't have many natural enemies, um, except for lions that occasionally prey on them. Um, uh, and that's due to the, it's just, it's big, it's aggressive, it's horrifying to look at. So I imagine that all the animals that would prey on it is like, never mind. I'm good. You look like, uh, you look like a demon a little bit, Mr. Bird. I'm going to go eat something that looks more pleasant. It's less likely to stab me with its face. Um... It uses its neck sack to make a variety of courtship noises. Uh, the courtship neck, neck, neck sack. Um, to, uh, and that complements a bit like they, they will kind of vibrate their bills, do a bill rattling. Their, their beaks will clack together really fast. And this is all part of their courtship display. Um, <clears throat> their mating season takes place in Africa's dry season. Uh, because a lot of the lakes and rivers dry up. And so um, there's abundant food available that is easier to get. Um, and during the season, it, the stork lays two to three eggs in a nest it keeps up in the trees. Uh, and the hatchlings will hatch in a month and become sexually mature in four years. And uh, I will leave the rest to you and, and the major fact all right i'm calling this one enter the undertaker uh grave digger yeah we've been uh i've been uh exchanging um wwe clips with our mutual friend adolfo and uh it's just it i never watched anything like that when i was a kid no no Same. wrestling at all i completely missed out on that cultural moment for children or mm -hmm. for like teens and uh they're so funny like it's crazy what they did stuff they did back then and uh yeah it's it's getting I, a, a a second a first second life on uh tiktok for me the the um, my friends, when I was a kid, had the the action figures of like Stone Cold Steve Austin and Hulk Hogan and The Rock and stuff like that. <clears throat> Rey Mysterio. And um, 
I, even then I was I, I like it wasn't one of it wasn't like the Ninja Turtles something I didn't watch but really wanted to. Mm-hmm. It was like something I didn't watch and I was like I don't get it. It doesn't appeal to me. <laughs> it doesn't appeal. It didn't appeal to me either. And uh, uh, I think I would probably enjoy it more. Like seeing funny clips of it. Not, I, w- I don't think I would ever watch like a full thing of anything. Maybe like one of those actually like, real documentaries about it. But I don't. Th- I, w- I don't think I would have enjoyed the ridiculousness ridiculousness of it when I was a child, like I can now. Well, anything involving that, where anything that is attached to Macho Man Randy Savage is would be delightful to watch at this point, like ironically and make fun of. (laughs) So (laughs) that's why the only wrestling match I've ever seen is between Bonesaw and, and Peter Parker. (laughs) The Maribo stork is called the undertaker for many reasons. And for many animals of the Savannah, its presence is an ill omen. Um, Maribo storks, are more like vultures in their eating habits. They prefer carrion, uh, and they're able to consume rotting flesh just like a vulture. And like their rough-looking appearance is due to partly their featherless head, which you described. And like the, it does look like it has burn marks on it because it's just got like it's pink and black. Not good. It's not good. Um, but like just like the vulture, their f- heads are featherless because when they eat rotting meat, it, don't, it won't get stuck in their feathers and cause infections. But I was thinking about that. And I, like, wouldn't any bird of prey eat meat and like have blood and guts get in their feathers? And not, rot? not necessarily. I, the whole I think with the vulture, and I think we mentioned this in our condor episode, California condor. But it's the fact that they have they stick their entire heads inside the carcasses hmm. of large animals. And so, like, they're just going to be absolutely coated in it every single time they eat. Where other birds of prey usually eat small animals that they pin down with their talons True. and then just kind of, like, eat it. And, yeah, it might get in there, but, like, it's different than just, like, sticking your whole head in a rotting deer carcass. Which is already decomposing and has all kinds of bacteria on it. Yeah, um, I'd say take a bath, but whatever. I guess just have a featherless, horrifying, <laughs> ghoulish head instead. So unlike many vultures, Mar- the Maribo stork isn't above eating live prey, like like other storks do. Um, and they may eat fish, frogs, insects, eggs, small mammals and reptiles, other birds, and pretty much anything that'll fit down their throat. So these storks share traits with uh, the vulture we've covered in the past. Or was it the condor? I can't remember what it was. The California condor, yeah. We did the California condor. We also did another. another, Did uh, we? I thought so. We've done like the harpy eagle or something. But I don't think. I think the the California condor is the only like vulture-esque bird we've done. Um, But they also share traits with the black kite, which we've done before. Oh, we Australian, have Australian bird of prey. So the the the, the haughty copper. <laughs> yeah, that's like episode. That's episode sixty nine. That's a really? long time ago. Yeah, that was a long time ago. Um, they they the tra- trait that they share with them is that they are attracted to fire, 
Brush fires flush uh, small prey out of their hiding places and make for easy pick- pickings for our undertaker friend. Um, the marabou stork delights in the disaster, but uh, I didn't find any reports that they actually set fires like the black kite, which is pretty crazy. The black kite, if you haven't heard that episode, go listen to it. Um, but there's another sinister fact about these, this shade of the savannah. Um, if you survive the fire and then if you survive the marabou beak, there's another threat on the horizon and that is bees. <laughs> uh, Oprah's bees. Yeah. Uh, bees uh, and marabou storks have a relationship in nature that is referred to as commensalism, which is something we specifically talked about not knowing the name for in the past. I think recently we talked about this without knowing that it's called this. And we were thinking this must be called something. And it is, it's called this. Cause it's not, it wasn't like symbiotic. It wasn't mutualism. Yes. Yeah. So commensalism is when one animal benefits from another and does no harm or good in return. So they are, they aren't a parasite. They're not a symbiote or symbiotic. Um, they're just, they're just benefiting from another creature's hard work without hurting them. So the, the bees will follow the stork to its meal and then lay eggs in what is left in the carcass. Uh, and then the carcass Delicious. makes for good eating when the bee larvae hatch larvae. For Samson. Uh, yeah. I, so when Samson ripped a lion like a young goat um, in the Bible. Let, then, just like one rips like a young goat, of course. Yes. Yeah. Which I that's in the ESV. I think in other versions it says like broke a lion's jaw as one as easily as one would and a young goat. But I think the ESV is a more like literal translation. So maybe rip a lion or rip a goat was like a term for that to like break their jaw. Oh, okay. You know, like it's, it's actually not rip it's tear. So it is like a cut. Maybe it is like a tearing motion. So it's doom. It's rip and tear. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, I wonder if um, when Samson killed the lion and then went to like came back later and found honey in the lion carcass. I wonder if there was a stork there while he was away. Yeah, because it's, you know, that's the 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 animals of Africa were up in that area that region in that time so well lions maybe. definitely had a larger range before i mean up until like not larger than it is today and maybe this is a similar kind of bee yeah i wonder if this is the same kind of bee that uh i couldn't find what kind of bee it was that works with the uh the honey badger yeah these just oh these no bee- sorry it doesn't work with the honey badger the honey badger works no. with a bird to find yes. the, the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the listen to our honey badger episode I swear we know what we're talking about back then. (laughs) (laughs) But that's all I got. Fires, storks, and bees. Oh, my. (laughs) It seems like a a heavy opportunist. It's Patches the stork. Uh, It goes to where there's mayhem and... um, And... uh, And... It gets eats its fill. Yeah. Um, I have here that um they 
Um, during mating season, they'll switch over to uh, live prey so that they can feed fresh food to their young. Did you say that already? Oh, I did not. Yeah, so um, they usually eat carrion, but they don't want to eat, feed carrion a lot of carrion to their to their young. So they'll they'll switch over to mostly live prey during mating season. Um, but many populations have adapted to eating human garbage. Mm-hmm. Your garbage, human garbage. <laughs> I think, so I think that was Bob my, Barker says. I had wrote, wrote for the major fact I wrote down um, mating season. And I couldn't remember what yeah. I wanted to talk about. I think it was that, that during the mating season, they know to switch for their young. Because they're and like, my son's going to find this now. nasty. Yeah. It's like when you cook mac and cheese for your kids, even though you're having a pot roast for dinner. Yeah, we try not to do that anymore. It's kind of nip- <laughs> it's kind of biting us in the biting us in the butt. He, now he has the pot roast with us, and I have the <laughs> mac and cheese. <laughs> I drink your mac and cheese. <laughs> I drink your artificial cheese juice. I drink it up. <laughs> um. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, um, they will, when they, when they live in urban areas, they'll eat human garbage, um, and they'll eat pretty much anything that comes their way. They've even been known to eat shoes and pieces of metal and things that are, should not be eaten normally. Um, and they've taken to eating food from people, like giving it to them. Um, but the problem is these are not nice birds. These are not pigeons. Um, they will, and they're, they're also pigeons are small and these are not, they're uh, five foot tall, 12 foot wingspan, um, ugly death birds. Um, and they will, uh, turn violent if you don't give them food and they expect it from you. So can you just imagine walking down a street in, uh, you know, a, a, a sub-Saharan African um, urban area. And then just there's a, there's a bird as tall as you there. And it looks at you and like a, like, and you just get this shoe bill glare and, um, and then it just runs at you or something, or it gets toward you and starts walking faster. And you're just like, this is not, this is not how I pictured this day going. I was keeping or my, my life ending for lions, and now I got to worry about this. What is this, Africa? <laughs> what? What is this? The home of of a lot of dangerous animals. Why does everyone say Australia is full of dangerous animals? I live in Africa. <laughs> I live in the continent with the most dangerous animals. Um. Yeah, I, I actually saw a TikTok about that, like an Australian being like, "Why do Americans say we have?" the most dangerous animals there's bears uh, in in america <laughs> like yeah australia has no megafauna it's mostly like s- spiders and snakes that you have to worry about in yeah. australia um i feel like and and of and all the continents free- it's africa that i would least like to go to in terms of but australia the has the black kite the bird yeah. of prey that starts fire to <laughs> flush out prey. That's pretty dangerous. Possibly the most dangerous animal in the world, if if you think of it that way. Yeah, in the right pl- at the right in the right place at the right time, it it could be the most dangerous animal. One black kite can start a forest fire. Kill black kites.
<laughs> that that's their Smokey the Bear slogan. Um, no, don't. Kill Only the you in Australia. They say they do have to add the addendum. Only you and black kites can prevent forest fires. <laughs> I'm looking at you, black kites. I'm looking at you, Henry. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. All right. You got anything else for the Maribu story? So for you out there in Podcastia, that was the Marabou Stork, take care of your skin. Use fire to your advantage, and don't let the other storks tease you about your blotchy neck bulb like the Marabou Stork here in life, death, and taxonomy. Hey Taxonomy Titans, I just want to remind you that we now have a Patreon. Patrons can see full video episodes and get shoutouts on the show. But ultimately, it's a way for you to help us cover some costs and get even better. Still, reviews are the best way to help us grow. So if you haven't left one yet, we'd really love to hear from you. As always, thanks for listening and engaging. Use fire to your advantage, yeah. Uh, we've been doing that for a long time. Yeah, ever since Prometheus did that, like, <laughs> solid. <laughs> he did us a solid. <laughs> that avant-garde move Prometheus came in clutch with. <laughs>